morning to you, everybody. Hope you're all keeping well. And it's good to see you all out this Sunday morning, the 11th of July. And if you are joining with us online using our church app, our Facebook Live, or watching later on on YouTube, or listening to this service on our CD ministry, you too are welcome. And we trust and pray that you will enjoy our time of worship together. And on your behalf this morning is a very special welcome to Mr. Alec Chambers. Alec, it's good to have you back with us. Uh, Alec is might as well be part of the family. Uh, we are just reminiscing there as we joined together in prayer before the service uh, about our fond memories of his late mother-in-law, Alec. And good to have you back, Alec. Alec and we trust you that you'll have a good morning service with us, and we look forward to hear. What the Lord has laid upon your heart for each of us this morning. And please pass on our best wishes to joy and the family. Just a few announcements, folks. Uh, the midweek prayer meeting is online on Wednesday evening, and that's on Facebook, and the code for that will be available on Wednesday morning. I've normally goes out on the various WhatsApp groups and on our Facebook page. And if you like that code, don't hesitate to touch and we'll get that sorted. Also week Sunday morning at 11 a.m. there's a prayer meeting in the church hall and it's facilitated by your elders, uh, Marianne and George Dawson. That's at 11 o'clock each Sunday morning before the service. Next Sunday morning DV, uh, our morning worship will be conducted by Mr. Stephen Johnston at 11.30 a.m. And just by way of announcement, traditionally and normally each year, the local town lodges here would normally host their annual going service here at the church, but not to be due to COVID restrictions, that hasn't been the case in this past couple of years. However, they've asked me to announce they are having an annual going anniversary drive-in service, and that's in Swan's Meadow Field, that's on the Hilltown Road, and that will be at 7 p.m. this evening. Now, I just want to read a note of thanks from our former minister, Reverend Trevor Boyd. And the note says the following. David, please pass on our thanks to the congregation for their generous financial gift and the aerial view picture of Rathfield and the Lawrence. Please also convey our thanks to all who sent cards, messages as we leave First Rathfield and prepare for ministry in the congregations of Tomamore and Cooperstown. Every blessing to you and the congregation, Trevor, Barbara, and Bethany. So we thank the Reverend Boyd for card. Could I just thank all the members of the congregation for cooperation during uh, the COVID period? I think we've managed the restrictions and the guidance very well, and I thank you for that, for your cooperation. But just be mindful uh, to continue to wear your mask. Just as we worship together, uh, keep your distance, sanitize, and you can remove the mask whenever you're safely left. But let's hope and pray that as restrictions ease, that the wearing of face coverings will indeed be reduced in the church building in the very near future. Thank you, Honourable
Uh, thank you very much indeed, David, for your very warm and kind words of welcome. It's a great privilege uh, and a joy to be able to come and to worship with you today in First Rathfield. I read a verse the other evening in the book of Amos. It's Amos 8, verse 9. And here's what the Lord said to Amos. I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. Now the New Testament tells us what that means. Because in in Mark's Gospel 15, verse 33, for example, uh, we, we read that when the sixth hour was come, that's 12 o'clock midday, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon. I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. So this verse is about the cross, and I think it's good for us today as we begin our service to think about the cross and to remember all that the Lord Jesus Christ did for us there. Now we're going to uh, begin today by singing uh, a hymn together as the deer pants for the water. I know it's a bit difficult for you to sing. I have a little privilege that you don't have for an say I don't have a little mask at this stage, but I trust that we'll, we'll Nevertheless, meditate upon these words as we sing them, even if we sing them quietly and in a bit of a restricted way. So we're standing to sing as the deer pants.
just fly together, please, in prayer. Let's just fly together, please, in prayer. Lord, we thank thee today that on this sign own day we can come together and we can come, Lord, to worship thee. We can lay aside the things, even the, the legitimate things that have taken up our attention in the week that has passed and we can begin this new week turning our thoughts and our minds to those things that really matter, to spiritual things and to eternal things. We thank thee, Lord, for those of us who have been able to gather together in the meeting house today, meeting in person. We thank thee, Lord, for the easing of restrictions that has allowed us to do this. And remember, Lord, those who will listen or watch through the various means and technology. Lord, we do thank thee for the technology that allows thy word to go forth. And we ask, O oh God, that whether it's here in person or somewhere else, we ask, O oh God, today that thou wilt meet with us and bless us. We thank thee that thy word will go forth today. And we ask, Lord, that thou wilt be pleased to bless it as it is sounded forth. We thank thee today that we have commenced by turning our thoughts to the cross. And Lord, where would we be today but for the cross? If the Saviour had not come and given his life as a ransom for many at Calvary, we would still be in darkness and we would be lost. And so, Lord, we, we ask today that we might turn our minds to the Lord Jesus Christ and to dwell upon him. So we, we ask, Lord, that we might be set, conscious of a sense of thy presence. And we ask, Lord, that thou wilt help us this day in everything. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I'd like to speak to the boys and girls for a minute or two. Uh, I think I see some round about. And of course there could be boys and girls tuning in also far as technology is concerned. Now I know boys and girls it's a little bit different from the last time I was here I was able to bring you all up to the front and I was able to go down and so on but unfortunately as you've probably got used now you're not able to do that. But I want to talk to you today about three plastic cards that I carry in my wallet now. Everybody carries plastic cards these days. In fact, some people, they have a whole line of them. But I want to just mention three of them. Now, you will know immediately that 
None of these cards are bank cards because all of these cards have my photograph on them. And I must warn you that it's not a very good photograph, especially in uh, one of them. It looks, makes me look even more gangster looking than I actually am. Now, I thought I was going to have to uh, describe these cards in detail to you because you wouldn't see them at a distance. But I think through the magic and the wonder of technology, you might be able to see them. So we're going to try and put up number one at this stage, if that works. Didn't I tell you it made me look like a gangster? Now, what it looks like. Okay, so the first card that I have, the little card I have in my hand, it's basically white in color, and there's a little blue band at the top, and it has a picture of a boat on it. And this card issued, as you can probably read, by the Sea Fish Industry Authority, gives me the right to take a 16.5 meter fishing boat and take it anywhere in the United Kingdom or in fact much further afield than that. So for those who are not very good like myself on meters, uh, just over 54 feet. So this is a skipper's ticket. Now, Lots of people have the skipper's ticket, but I think I can be fairly sure that I might be the only person in First Raphael and Meeting House today that actually has one. And somebody will probably say, oh, I actually have one. But maybe somebody uh, uh, listening uh, on Facebook or elsewhere, maybe somebody else has it, but I'm fairly sure that while lots of people have this, I'm probably the only person in First Raphael today that actually has this, because let's face it, there's not much sea or not many fishing boats uh, about Raphael. And I haven't given you a picture of the back, but on the back, there's all the things I have to do in order to qualify to carry this little car. Now, the next one will be something that is uh, others will certainly know about. So the next card is one that's basically blue. Now I'm giving my age away by showing you this one. Because this boys and girls is a senior smart pass. This is a wonderful thing you know. Because I can go out into the street on a Friday and jump on the bus and I can go wherever it's going, and it's absolutely free. And I can travel on a bus or a train anywhere in Northern Ireland, and indeed anywhere in the Republic of Ireland. So lots of people, lots of people have this car. Now, they mightn't all want to admit that they have it, but lots of people have this car. So in, in the first case... Uh, maybe just me in, in this building today, not everybody and here we have a card that lots of people have, but not everybody has it you boys and girls don't have one because you're much, much too young so not everybody has the, the skipper's ticket and not everybody has the senior smart pass and the last one is a sort of a pink colour 
And we'll say, there it is. I think that's an even worse picture uh, of me. And this, of course, is a driving license. And on the back of my driving license, it gives uh, all the different vehicles that I am allowed to drive, and it's the same in everybody's driving license. A driving license. Many, many people have a driving license, but not everybody has it. Not everybody has it. Again, you boys and girls, of course, are pretty. You're too young, and you'll have to wait for a few years. And if, if you happened uh, to, to be 17 last year, you probably had to wait until you're 18, and maybe you still haven't got the license, even as yet. So in every case, people have these different cards, but not everybody. Not everybody has them. But I want to say to you boys and girls today that there's something that we can, something that we can all have. It's not a card like these cards. There's a verse in the Bible, it's in Romans 10 verse 13, and it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All of us. All of us can come to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can ask him to be our saviour. It's not something just for a number of people. It's something that we can all have. And I trust today you'll think about that verse. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now I must remember not to leave my cards in the pulpit today because I may night very well. Boys and girls, thank you so much uh, for listening today. Now we're going to read some verses uh, from God's Word. Some verses from God's Word and we're turning uh, to what I would think is a, is a very uh, familiar part of uh, Scripture today. It's Acts chapter 26. Now just to fill you in with the background, because we're just going to read a little section uh, of, of this passage. The Apostle Paul is before King Herod Agrippa, and he's telling his story before this very important man. And he's telling him how he hated those who named the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I hated them so much that I even went to cities far away in order to persecute them. So we're going to pick up on the story in Acts 26 and at verse number 12. And this is the word of God that we read together. Acts 26 verse 12. On one of these journeys, on one of these journeys, to a far-flung uh, city. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, 
Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heaven, the, to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help to this very day. And so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. That the Christ would suffer and as the first to rise from the dead would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. We're ending our reading there at verse 23. We know the Lord has always faced the best of public meeting of his word. Now shall we just bow together please for a moment of prayer. Let's just still our hearts as we come before God's word today. My Father, as we come to thy word today, we just take a moment to remember those who are in need. We think, Lord, of those who are sick at this time. And we want to lift them up to thee. And we ask, Lord, that they might be conscious of thy nearness. We pray for those, Lord, who are perhaps in hospital or in residential or nursing homes. And they can't have the same access to their families as they used to have. And so we ask, Lord, that in these difficult circumstances, that thou will draw near and meet the need of each one. And Father, we pray that thou will remember thy church in these days. 
These are challenging times. When our society is turning away from Bible principles, turning away from the truth, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil. And so, Lord, we just pray that thou will bless the church these days and bless thy people. And help us, Lord, to be faithful to thee and to stand for thee. We ask, Lord, that thou will remember the work and witness here in First Rough Friday. Bless those who hold positions of responsibility and leadership here. And we ask, Lord, that they might be helped. And we ask, Lord, that thou be pleased to bless thy work so that thy kingdom may be advanced, even, Lord, in this place. Thank you, Lord, for the, the boys and girls and the young people who are with us today. And we ask, Lord, that thou will bless them. We ask, Lord, that you'll help them. We know that this has been a very strange and difficult year, even for children. And we ask, Lord, that thou will be pleased to bless them and bless their parents and their families. And we ask, Lord, most of all, that thou will help us, whether we're parents or grandparents, help us, O oh God, to take our responsibility seriously of seeking to train up our children in the things of God. Bless thee every aspect, Lord, So we just commit us now to thee. We pray for thy help and blessing, Lord. Speak to our hearts and minister to us through thy word. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to begin today by asking you a question. I wonder, does the name Harry Lauder mean anything to you. Now, I'm afraid if the name Harry Lauder means something to you, you're probably giving your age away. For Harry Lauder was born in Scotland in 1870 and died in 1950. Sir Harry Lauder, to give him his full title, was a singer, an entertainer, and a songwriter. In fact, he was the first ever British singing superstar. And certainly he was the first British singer ever to uh, sell a million records for the young people among us. Those are things that we used to have before CDs. And he sold a million of those before his death and a million more after he died. And as a child, as a young child, I have to admit, uh, Harry Lauder, of course, was already dead, but as a young child, I remember hearing his voice coming over the radio or the wireless, as we probably would have called it at that time. But running alongside his fame and his amazing uh, career, there was very deep sadness. For Harry Lauder's only son was killed in 1916 in the First World War. 
It was then that Harry Lauder wrote one of his most famous songs. In fact, some people consider it to be his most famous. Keep right on to the end of the road. Keep right on to the end. And you know, in a sense, that's what the Apostle Paul is speaking about in Acts chapter 26. He's talking about keeping right on. And of course we knew, we know from elsewhere in the Bible that he not only kept on to that time, he kept right on to the end of the road and he said, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course. You see, in, in Acts chapter 26, we have a very significant statement it's slightly different in the version that we read today from the pulpit. But in the older version, Acts 26, verse 22, reads like this. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day. Having therefore help of God, I continue unto this day, keeping going on, continuing, continuing to stand as we have it in our Bible reading today. So very quickly, I want to look at this passage in the light of that statement. Here's the first thing. As a converted man, Paul continued in God's way. You see, what is this passage, essentially? It's the Apostle Paul giving his testimony. He's telling how he came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. How he was converted. And of course, in his particular case, it's a very striking and very dramatic story. And we, we didn't really read it, but it's here today. He talks about how he was very ardent in his Jewish religion, and how he felt with himself that he had to do everything he could against the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he told us of that dramatic day as he travelled to Damascus, the bright light brighter than the sun shone round about him, and he heard a voice. Imagine how he felt when the voice said, I am Jesus. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And on that day, on that very spot, everything changed. For Saul of Tarsus, he became, of course, later the great apostle. He was turned right around from being in violent opposition to Christ. He became a follower. Instead of going along a road that he thought was right, he started to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and go his way. And very soon, he would be numbered among the people 
who were the first people ever to be called Christians. And he's saying here, in effect, before Agrippa, he's saying, I was brought to Christ, I haven't gone back from my Jewish religion, I'm still on the road that I started that day, I'm still seeking to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. As a converted man, Paul continued in God's way. You know, if there's anything that the Bible makes clear, it's this, that to experience conversion is absolutely essential. We could quote many, many verses, but we're just going to quote one. Matthew 18 verse 3 says, it's the words of the Lord Jesus himself, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, ye shall not enter the kingdom of God. Could anything be clearer than that? We not be counted among God's people, we will never get to heaven unless we are converted. There's many more verses like that in the Bible that if we're not converted, our sins will not be forgiven. We will not be right with God. So, here is a question. A question for all of us today and for all who may be listening. Have we been truly converted to Christ? I don't mean have we had a, an amazing, an astonishing, dramatic experience like Saul of Tarsus had, because his is absolutely unique. But has there ever been a time when we saw our need as a, as a sinner, a need of a saviour, and were we brought to seek the Lord Jesus Christ for ourselves? And are we still seeking to follow him? It's not enough to say I made a decision, I made a commitment years ago. Salvation is an up-to-date thing. Are we still seeking to follow him? In this passage we read, Saul said that the Lord told him that he was to preach repentance and he was to tell people that there should be deeds Deeds that proved that they had really repented. Oh, I'm not saying that we've always got it right. I'm not always. I'm not saying we perfectly follow the Lord Jesus Christ because we have not. But I wonder today, have we had the experience of the apostle as he, he tells his story? His story here. Have we been brought to Christ? And are we still seeking to go forward in God's way? So as a converted man, Paul continued in God's way. As a called minister, Paul continued in God's work. You see, he didn't only tell Agrippa that he was converted and he started to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He told Agrippa that God called him 
him to make him a minister, to make him a servant. Here's, here's how Paul puts it in another place. But it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. So he wasn't only converted. He was a servant. He was called as a minister. And you know God is still calling ministers today. And we should be thankful for that. We should be thankful that we still have people today who are preaching preaching the word of God. Though I think it's sad that many people have sat under a faithful ministry and yet have never come to Christ for themselves. But most of us can say, well, I haven't been called to be a minister. And that's absolutely true. But you know, very significantly, I think, Paul used another word. He used another word. So he says in verse number 16 that God appeared to him to make him a minister or a servant. And then in the very next breath he says, and a witness. Both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things which I will appear unto thee. We may not be called to be ministers, but is every believer not called to be a witness? By our words and by our lives, are we not to bear witness to the Lord Jesus Christ? I can't really go into it today, but if you look at verse number 18, Paul gives us a little sketch, a little thumbnail sketch of the spiritual state of the people in his day. Verse 18 reads, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. In other words, people were in darkness. They were blind. They were under the power of Satan. Their sins were not forgiven. They have no hope of heaven. Is that not true of so many people today? Blind to their need of a saviour. And are we not to be witnesses? Are we not to be those who seek to share the good news that there's one who's able to save and one who's able to bless? So as a converted man, Paul continued in God's way and as a called minister, he continued in God's work. But the passage also suggests that as to the content of his message, Paul continued in God's word. 
You see, if you look at verse 22, whether you look at it uh, as we've read it, or whether you look at it in, in the version that I'm now looking at, what does he say? He says, witnessing the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead. You know, very interestingly, when Saul of Tarsus was converted, it says straightway, he preached Christ in the synagogue, that he is the Son of God. And Paul's message, and Saul's message, was always the same. It was about Christ. And it was about Christ because he tells us here that that was the message of the prophets. That was the message of the Bible. And that was the message of God. Just quickly, what does he tell us? He tells us in his message about the sufferings of Christ. How often the sufferings of Christ is spoken about in the Old Testament. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquaintance with grief. And in his preaching, Paul preached Christ. We preach Christ crucified. And that is our message today. Because apart from his sacrificial death and apart from his atoning blood, there can be no salvation and no forgiveness of sin. He spoke also about the resurrection, that Christ should rise from the dead. There's a, a statement here in the Bible that he should be the first that should rise from the dead. It doesn't mean he was the first in, in point of time. It means he was the first who rose by his own power. It means he was the chief one, the one whose resurrection would achieve the greatest results. How essential it is to preach the resurrection of Christ. We have no message if we do not preach that Christ is risen from the dead. Paul says in one place that if Christ is not risen, our faith is vain. We are still in our sin because a dead Christ could save nobody. But that's the wonder of the Christian gospel today. He's able to save to the uttermost because he ever lives. And Paul also said his message was that salvation comes through Christ. Because in verse number 23 it says he would show light unto the people, unto the Gentiles. He alone, Christ alone, can bring hope the men and women whom the Bible says. You know, we have no new message because there is no new message. There is no other message. Salvation is in Christ and in Christ alone. So as a, a converted man, Paul continued in God's way. And as a called minister, he continued in God's work and as to the content of his message, he continued in God's word. 
as far as the crux of the matter was concerned, Paul continued because God was with him. You see, he starts with this amazing statement, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day. I commend 2 Corinthians 11 to you. Verse 24. Paul outlines what his life was like. Of the Jews, five times I received forty stripes, save one. Twice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I, I suffered shipwreck. He says I was in peril, in danger of waters and robbers of my own countrymen, and the list goes on and on. And even right here in this passage, as he's trying to explain what God has done with him and for him, there's a man called Festus stands up and says, Paul, you're completely mad. You're out of your mind. And yet, in spite of it all, Paul is going on and he goes on to the very end. What was the secret? It was because the Lord was with him. In one instance he says that everybody deserted him. But he said notwithstanding the Lord stood with me. So here is something positive for you and me today. We may pass through difficult times. We may experience trials. But the God who sustained Paul and enabled him to keep going on is our God. And that's the only hope we have. We cannot go on in our own strength. We cannot bear witness in this evil age. We cannot follow the Lord the way we ought to in our own strength. But we don't have to. For like the apostle, we can say, having obtained help from God, we continue unto this day. May God bless his word today to all our hearts. Now we're going to sing another hymn together. It's, it's a beautiful hymn. It, it's, it's a testimony hymn. And that's very good considering we were thinking about a testimony. And it's the hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is... We'll stand again as we sing.